You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live today. Uh, Before we move on to our next segment, uh, did you know that you can find Real Presence Live podcasts on our website, realpresenceradio.com, or on your favorite podcast platform such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Be sure to check those out. But before we get to our next guest, uh, Mark had a, a little bit of information he wanted to let us know about. Yes, thanks, Jack. Just a couple of things, because some people have asked, we're giving this money, how does this money help pay as, as far as the spring live drive? Uh, how does it help pay for some of the operating costs? I just wanted to give people a couple of tidbits of info. So the average operat- operational cost of one hour of Real Presence Radio and our network is $296. So for every hour, that's the average cost. Um, average operational costs of one day of Real Presence Radio across all listening networks, $7,000, $7,097. So for one day. So that just gives uh, a couple of snippets there. Uh, one feedback that we heard off a lot in the calls uh, d- during the spring live drive is, well, how did you hear about Real Presence Radio? It's the billboards. We actually got great feedback from the billboards. And so... Our average monthly cost for one billboard is $400. So $400 per month is an average cost for the billboards that we have uh, located throughout our listening area. So those are just a couple of reference points, if you will, uh, for those. And just for those who are still considering, we were 18000 shy of our overall goal of $575,000 for our spring live drive. So every gift, small and large, we said it so many times during the week, but it really is true. Every gift is so appreciated. I was very mindful uh, of the scripture passage referring to the widow's might and how she gave out of her need, not out of her extra. So thank you so much to all of our Real Presence Radio listeners and supporters for their support of Real Presence Radio. And uh, Canelis, thanks to you guys. Your support's been awesome too. Thank you, Mark, for your leadership. Doing a great job. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Mark. Well... Moving right along, we have in the studio with us Dennis Curran, and he's going to tell us about how his travels to Indonesia and New Guinea have impacted his Catholic faith, and uh, part of that had to do with, uh, it was your uncle who was a missionary there. Am I correct, Dennis? Absolutely. Why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself? Before that, can I just interject something? I just thought it was so cool, you know, how there are these wonderful God incidences in our lives. It being the feast of St. Damien of Molokai is no coincidence today. His life served and given for others, and now you're going to talk to us about your experiences. So thanks for being here. It's, it's absolutely no coincidence because today, as you said, is the feast of St. Damien. It was Father Damien Schill that brought me up front right before I went on one of my mission trips and blessed me before I went on a mission trip. That that has sat with me quite a while. And this was this was as you know a number of years ago at Holy Spirit that he was there, probably in that twenty year mm-hmm. twenty years ago range. Mm-hmm. So it, it it is no coincidence that it's there. No. Yeah. Uh, a little bit about myself. I think both of you have known me for many years, <laughs> but at at the same time, you know, I I do have a tendency to to talk at times. I also have a propensity to like to sing. As they say, I um, uh, I am used to be called the singing UPS man. 
because I did that all the way through 30 years of working with UPS. I would come in on Monday mornings. That's the best time to get people coming in singing and saying it's the best day of the week. And uh, they were just about ready to throw me out of the place. Of course, I was ready to leave anyway because I only got a few seconds in each place. But you know what? They left with a smile on their face. That's the most important part. Oh, wow. And and before I go any further... I'm biting my tongue here, Dennis, because I'm kind of... uh, I think I'm channeling Ed Cook, and I would say something about your singing, but I won't. You, you are more than welcome to, because this is this is family. Yeah, and we are family. Yes. So, uh, uh, and, and speaking of family, I, I do want to bring out. I'm I'm married to. I think both of you know her. Just to a beautiful lady. Her name is Karen, and three wonderful children, with three wonderful more children by marriage, and five grandchildren. So I'm I. I feel very, very blessed, as as we like to say, and it's it's uh, it's been a blessing here for Mother's Day with her yesterday, um, and thinking of mothers yet today. So, mm-hmm. uh, I am a product of um, of uh, Catholic education. Basically, uh, grew up in Dickinson, went to St. Joseph's in Dickinson, and then uh, because of the boom and bust cycle, which goes on to this day out in Western North Dakota, we ended up with my dad's work moving to Fargo uh, because that's where the work was, the steady work. And then I continued my studies uh, at uh, Shanley for a couple of years, and then I switched to North and then on to NDSU here. Um, I graduated from NDSU with a Bachelor of Science. A lot of people like Jack would probably say a BS degree. <laughs> Am I correct in that assumption, Jack? Um, perhaps. <laughs> I, got, I, got. I might have one of those, too. I'm not sure if it's a BA or a BS. <laughs> I have minors in sociology and military science. In case you didn't know, I may have to try to lock your heels sometime. Just like Ed, I am a former military officer. So... Um, I, as I was growing up, I, I got into the grocery business, and I managed Libby's Foods, if you remember that mm-hmm. downtown. Yes, love the, that uh, The story. original deli in yep. Fargo-Moorhead, the original. Should still and, be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still go in there quite a bit. Do you? Uh, at Zambro's. Anyway, um, uh, I started traveling well in high school, and that traveling went with me. Now, with my degree at NDSU, it was in geography, of course, with a minor in sociology and with a lot of anthropology. My uncle, who was a missionary in the jungles, also was an anthropologist, as was the bishop of the area. Both degreed. My uncle ended up very close to a doctorate before he died too young from cancer. And Did he bishop, belong to a religious order? Dennis? The Crozier's. Oh, he was a Crozier. Okay. He's a Crozier, yes. And... Uh, and uh, he got me going over to Indonesia because I've been traveling ever since high school. Spent formative years in France with another uncle in France during my summer vacations. I'm having a hard time not being jealous, but <laughs> you're going. <laughs> I am blessed. Yes. I, I, I've experienced things in the world that others have. I, um, I am a cultural geographer. I've, I am a cultural geographer, and I... I study people, I study cultures, I study land and the cultures and how they interact with one another and how the land fo- helps form the people and how the people help form the land too. Now, 
my uncle and the bishop and, and others in the area working. Also, we believe that we're made in the image and likeness of God. So what other better way to study God is also to study man. Mm-hmm. How so, true. So it is, it's very important. On one of my last trips that I had, um, we did a walkabout in Australia. And the people that I work with down in the jungles of New Guinea that I have worked with in the past are called the Osmot. And there's connections between the Aborigine, Aborigines in Australia and the Osmot in the jungles of New Guinea. And what we did is we ended up doing a 6,000-mile journey through northern and eastern Australia, all the way from Cairns, all the way up to Darwin. Then we flew into Indonesia, met with friends in Indonesia, then flew back. But during that process, because of my background, I wanted to tie up more connections between the Aborigines and the Osmot. I was able to do that on, on two, two, separate, two separate fronts, one, one going into the different museums for the Aborigines up in northern Australia. Um, they would talk about their totemic ancestors. Now, the Osmot are totemic people. What does totemic mean? Uh, think about the Native Americans out mm-hmm. on, on the West Coast and up all into Alaska with the totem poles. Oh, okay. And so there they carve out different things, but in essence, they're ancestor poles. They are? I did not know that. And in oh. essence, a lot of the totemic poles are ancestor poles. So with the Osmot are arguably some of the best traditional carvers in the world. They put their spirit into their carvings. These people are extremely spiritual. They've been by themselves for thousands of years. Captain Cook came by in 1400s and thought he was being attacked because these people came out with the boats and he saw he saw sprays in the air and different things and he knew that these people were a vicious race, that he thought they were a vicious race. race. Turns out they weren't. But... Um, and so he advised, stay away from these people. You could be killed. The only person I know that was was absolutely killed by these people, um, and it was because of the revenge factor that was in there, was Michael Rockefeller. The Rockefellers will try to deny it to this day, but these people, in their spirit, lived in basically the Old Testament. An eye for an eye. Mm. A tooth for a tooth. If someone does you wrong, you have to make a venge on them. Or, in their case, because the spirit world is so strong, the evil spirits would get you. Just like here with the traditional Native Americans, um, drumming and the shamanism is extremely strong there. In fact, my mother and myself, I've been blessed to be able to have most of my family over there to visit them. The ones I didn't have, I visited her down in Africa uh, and got to know some of the Wolof people down there from Africa. So, but anyway, I just, uh, these people, they, with the drumming and the spirit, they seal their drums, they seal their drums with with their own blood. Oh, my. Yeah, to seal them because that drumming is so strong for them. and Like a form of communication? It, it's, it's, a, it's a form of communication. It's, it's a form of, of uh, a spirit because 
because shamanism is is so important to so many of the traditional cultures in the world, whether it's in Africa, whether it's in Central America, or whether it is in Asia, Australia, you'll find it all there. Okay, we're coming up uh, shortly on a break here, so I'm sorry to interrupt, Dennis. This is great, but we'll, we'll have more of this on, on the other side of the break. We're talking with Dennis Curran, who has spent a lot of time traveling the world, experiencing various cultures, various religions. And uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to be talking to him about how some of this stuff has affected his faith, your faith, okay? And uh, uh, we're looking forward to that. Stay tuned, and we will see you on the other side of the break. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. I was interviewed at one of the live dives, and I stated that I had sold the pickup so I could have a car that had a good radio, and so I could listen to Real Presence Radio on my way to work in the morning. It had so much static, I couldn't, went under power lines and stuff, couldn't hear it most of the time. And it's just, for me, going to work in the morning, it's just a good way to get my mind and my thought into what the day is going to present. You know, besides getting up in the morning and trying to cross myself every morning, dedicate myself to God, to start out hearing the news and the Catholic perspective in the morning at 6 o'clock and wishing I could, while I'm at work, I could be listening to more of Real Presence. Uh, But it starts your day and it gets you thinking right. And it also, in listening to all the answers and and all the the shows, puts you uh, in the right mind and... Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am your host, Jack Kennelly, along with my wife, Doreen, and we're visiting with Dennis Curran, who's been... uh, traveled the world quite extensively and experiencing various uh, uh, cultures and religions and uh, we're going to talk to Dennis a little bit now on this on this side of the break about uh, you know how interacting with uh, different with people of different cultures and religions how did that uh, kind of affect or challenge your faith before you start Dennis just one comment I think this is such a beautiful example of how God has placed in every human heart, a knowledge of himself and that we have that religious sense 
there's something in us that desires him and to worship him and serve him. Absolutely. And that, that the worship can be done in a number of different ways as I, as I see it. And I've, I've been able to experience a number of those different ways with these different peoples and cultures in the world. And, and if you open your mind to that, if you open your mind to that, you can go ahead and, and, and understand that, that where you can talk with somebody, say, from, uh, uh, from India, and he's Hindu, and you can understand that. One of my most beautiful conversations with, with, was with a Sikh mm-hmm. on there, and that's, those are the ones that wear the turbans there. And the Hinduism and Buddhism come from the same roots, basically. Oh. A lot of people don't realize that. On there and Java, Indonesia is where you find the two melding together. It's phenomenal. They've got a couple wonders of the seven wonders of the world there uh, in Prambanan and Borobudur. But to get back to this conversation here, we talked about heaven and how you mm-hmm. view heaven. And it, we spent a 12 hour flight because it takes forever to go across the Pacific. And we got into such a conversation, it was absolutely unbelievable. One of my closest friends who was Catholic grew up as Hindu. And she said, you know what? She said, "With, I feel complete at this point. I feel totally complete because of the Hinduism. I got taught to be non-confrontational in that sense. I got taught to be non-judgmental. The Catholicism, being a Catholic and what Christ puts out teaches not only to be non-judgmental, but also to have the compassion for others that you need. She said by combining the two, she grew up Hindu and she's Catholic. Now, she said, I feel compelled. And this is, you see the essence of a lot of that in Mother Teresa, where not only did she take care of everybody, whether they were Sikh, Hindu, Buddhist, or Muslim, but she made sure that they were buried in their own rights. Mm-hmm. Extremely important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Respect. The respect for others. And, and this, is, this, is, this goes into the next thing. I don't consider it a challenge at all to my faith. I consider it a way of growing in my faith. It's not a challenge. And so every time I talk to somebody, I have beautiful conversations with, with Muslims. Because the Muslims do know Jesus. They know him in a different way. They don't see him as the son of God, but they see him as one of the major prophets. And don't they honor Our Lady in a and, very and, beautiful and, way? In and, and, and different, and different ways mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of the things that within the Islamic faith, that there's fights just like within our Christian faith as to, as to how people, people work it. But uh, to study the traditions and the Hindu tradi- or the, the Islamic traditions, you will find that women traditionally held a very, very strong role within the Islamic tradition hmm. and uh, uh, much strength in there. But some of that's diminished to that partially because of, of, uh, of Wahhabism. And I'm not a fan of Wahhabism. That comes from Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, now, <clears throat> excuse me, you spent time with your uncle, the missionary. So I'm, I'm a, kind of maybe reading into this, but I'm thinking that you probably had something to do when you were with him in, you know, bringing people to the Catholic faith. Well, uh, Christ brought 
the Word of God to us. And he's, he fulfilled the start of the Old Testament, put us into the New Testament. We live in the present. We understand the past. And so I'm very strong on the New, pre, on the New Testament while under, trying to understand the Old Testament because God speaks to people in the time that they, were, that they are there. Jesus you fulfills know. the And Old Jesus Testament. fulfills mm-hmm. that prophecy. Mm-hmm. Now, these people, as I mentioned earlier, uh, lived... In the Old Testament, they taught me more than I taught them. I will tell you that right now. Because these people are spiritual from the second they're born. This is something that we seem to lose in our Christianity, that we could at times become more religious and lose a little bit of the spirit. So what does that look like? Can you give an example, or is it... Is it tangible? It must be. You it's extremely it. tangible. In fact, when I started going over there, I fell in love with the area. It's extremely expensive to get over there. I had to figure out a way to get back. I literally, because I could throw away our modern world when I was over there, and I could live with them, and I would be in Shangri-La. I would be oh. in almost like heaven. Is it a simplicity of It's a simplicity life? of life. It's a simplicity of, of faith, but... It also is when, when you're in, in Osmond, you are considered family and you are adopted in as family and you are literally taken care of. You're treated like a king. And you're literally taken care of by, by the people there. And we, and, and those of us that come in from the outside of all experiences, the missionaries that are in there, and they're mainly, they're mainly Franciscans that are in there right now, uh, but there's also uh, Mary Noller, the last Mary Noller, took uh, Indonesian citizenship, and his name is Father Vince Cole. He's a, he's a Mary Noller that's over there, and he has, he has literally had the culture shape him as he shaped the culture, bringing in the words of Christ. And this is what I believe very strongly in enculturation. We'll see, we see it in our Christian faith all the way through. Mm-hmm. Christ didn't come to take away from culture. He came to add to culture. It's, for me, it's extremely important that we understand that. Now, these people have got a culture that is absolutely phenomenal. They, they put their spirit into their carvings and everything that they do. And they... they they, like I said, they make these ancestor poles. Now, that's based off of the Old Testament teachings that we have, an eye for an eye. At the end of carving all these ancestor poles where they can't carve out their ancestors that were killed by their neighbors, they would go out on a raid to go ahead and kill their neighbor to make avenge for that death. An eye for an eye. We struggle with that mm-hmm. heavily in this world yet mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. We struggle with it. We do. And after they finished that, they would go out on a raid to make avenge on that death. It wasn't a raid to wipe out a village. It was a raid to make avenge on the death of one or two people. So it was like a ritual warfare. And by partaking with that person, taking that person in, they took on that person's strengths and powers. And they believed that very seriously. So even, even though these villages have been separated for thousands of years, Margaret Mead loved the area, one of the noted anthropologists, because you could see human nature as it is. 
Human nature is a loving nature. So, so when you say take on, do you mean the, the deceased They person? take on that deceased oh, okay. person's strengths mm-hmm. and powers, and it's recognized by the other villages. You said taking them in. So you're talking about they were, these were... Cannibalism. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that we find very, very offensive in our tradition. What does Christ say? Unless you take my body, unless you eat my blood, you shall not have you within me. This fits like a jigsaw puzzle Mm. with their faith. Mm -hmm. Christ came, gives of his life to us so that we no longer have to gain strengths and powers from taking others. Mm-hmm. It basically just about stopped their head hunting overnight. Wow. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. And they could understand it at a level different than what we could understand it. Christ speaks, mm-hmm. God speaks at a level that the people can understand. So they can understand that. Now I'm going to go back to Father Vince Cole. His church is, I consider it the most beautiful church in the world. It's also one of the toughest to get to in the world. It's the size of a cathedral. It is all hand-carved with the people's lives in there. It's all, and Father Vince Cole is the only person I know from the outside that has become a master carver, and he helped carve a lot of that church. The center, the center part of that church is the gospel. It's the book. Oh, wow. And that is, and it's all centered around there. And it's centered around the people's fires, where the book is above the people's fires, because that's the center of the house and the family. Mm. And to go in there and experience that spirituality is like nothing else in the world, and it's a simple spirituality. Do you know do you know the name of the church so our listeners could look it up if they want to? Yeah, the church it? is in Sawa Erma, S A W A E R M A, West Papua New Guinea, Indonesia. And the, do you know the name of the church? I don't. Okay. My mind is half we gone. Jack can agree church. with that. <laughs> we'll say Catholic Church. In. Catholic Church. Yeah. I, I'm not alone, Dennis. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, I I think we're, Dennis, we've got 30 seconds to a hard break. I want to thank you for coming in. Maybe we can have you on again to kind of fill out the rest of the story. But uh, we want to uh, thank you for for coming in and and sharing your story, at least part of your story. We didn't get the whole thing. But uh, we want to remind our listeners you're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll talk about Mother's Day a little bit or our Blessed Mother after the break. 